Hey guys, welcome to the Confident Man Podcast. We are continuing our March Man Month series where we're releasing a podcast every day, Monday through Friday. And today we have a very special show. We're talking about classic literature and men. And on, today on the show, we have a special guest, Dr. Louis Marcos. Dr. Marcos is an authority on C.S. Lewis, apologetics, and ancient Greek and Roman literature. He's the author of 25 books, as well as a lecturer with the Great Courses course, The Life and Writings of C.S. Lewis. If you haven't seen that course, I watched it. That's how I got to know Dr. Marcos, and it's a great course, very interesting. Well, today he joins us to talk about how reading the classics can help men be better. We talked through some of the ancient stories and how men have applied them throughout history. We also delve into the need for stories to pass down positive character traits and how stories are one of the best ways for men to learn how to be men. We dig into classics like Homer's Iliad, the writings of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, and how they can teach men today a lot about how to be a man. If you want to find out more about Dr. Marcos and the books he's written, you can check out the show notes. I've got a link to his Amazon page, and you can find out all the things he's done. So let's jump into our interview with Dr. Marcos. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. Dr. Marcos, thanks for being with us on the Confident Man podcast. I appreciate you as we talk about masculinity and reading today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to the dialogue. We're kind of jumping into what I want to do is I want to help men kind of get a better understanding of good reading that's out there because I feel like there's an attack on reading today. Have you noticed that where you teach at the school? Um, People just not encouraged to read or reading, you know, short bites, nothing long. And so when it comes to some of the great classics, uh, people just aren't motivated to read. There really is. And, and you know, it's, it's bad for all students, but I think it's worse for the boys. Somehow it's unmanly to read or you're not going to learn anything from that or that's a girly thing to do, which is ridiculous. I mean, David, the greatest soldier of all time, Alexander the Great, is Alexander the Great because he read the Iliad over and over again. And the <laughs> other great soldier, Julius Caesar, also read uh, the Iliad, read about Achilles, read these things. Uh, Patton, one of the greatest modern soldiers, uh, was a big reader, especially in antiquity and things like that. So it, it's it's a false idea, but it's become very, very strong, this idea that a man only acts. Well, yeah. you know, if you go back to Aristotle, Courage is not the same thing as like rushing in and being cocky and whatnot. Courage goes hand in hand with wisdom or prudence or intelligence. So if you're going to act, you need to reason. And if you're going to reason, you need to read. Uh, and anyway, the greatest role models are out there. We'll talk about later. But yes, yeah. it, there there is a turning away from reading. And of course, all of this is made worse by this idea that the classics are dead white males or something like that, or it's somehow yeah. oppressive or, or it's, 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 it's a propaganda kind of things. I mean, we read these great works because they have passed the test of time. They continue mm -hmm. to be read and they have influenced not only the greatest thinkers, but the most manly men. And that's true. And, and when I think about it, you know, the thing I like about when you think about the classics, they're they're written as stories 
And I think that's one of the things that's helped them not only uh, communicate truths and values, but they've, like you said, passed down for generation to generation. So it's not like a, you know, we watch a movie that was made 20 years ago and we're like, okay, the special effects aren't that great compared to the movies today. But when you read, it's in your mind. And and to me, that's what kind of opens it up to everybody to really receive from it. It does. I, I wrote a book a while back called On the Shoulders of Hobbits, The Road to Virtue with Tolkien and Lewis. And the point of that is, until the very modern period, it was understood sort of globally that the way you pass down virtue is through stories. Mm-hmm. You incarnate them in stories and people live out those stories. And the stories don't only teach you the glory of virtue. They teach you the danger of vice. Yeah. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill what was the name that wrote the book of virtues? Bill Bennett, who yeah. was, I think, the third uh, uh Secretary of Education uh, under Ronald Reagan. He published a book called The Book of Virtues, and he collected stories from the Bible, from mythology, from history, from legend, all these stories to help illustrate both virtues and vices. And it was a huge bestseller. And David, I always laugh by saying, you know, if he, that was a great book, but if he had published that 150 years ago, people would have been, duh, well, of course. (laughs) But it was actually a novel thing because we forgot that's how you pass down courage. And so I don't want to get into it. Have you seen the new Avatar yet? I haven't seen it yet, no. In one way, of course, it's ridiculous, new age, uh, uh, pantheism, paganism. But if you watch it, you will find out that whatever he wanted to do, it's one of the most conservative movies that have come out in the last five years because mm-hmm. we're looking basically at Native American, Indian, Maori tribes, basically. And they have an incredibly conservative traditional structure where the male knows that his job is to protect and to pass down the stories of these great heroes. So whatever Cameron meant to do, he has actually affirmed what is very important to a traditional conservative view of the world, that the man is the protector, but he understands that he is part of a tradition of other protectors and those stories are being passed down whether orally, like in a primitive yeah. thing, or in a written way, it's still the stories that are being passed down, and we inhabit those stories and live them out. That makes me think about, I was reading um, one of Patton's biographies, and it talked about how much he read and how so much of his desire to be a general, to be great, was because of the stories he heard of his grandfather, of his, you know, all these ancestors he had, and how that motivated him. And I feel like we've lost something like that today in our generation. I think we have. I mean, it's, it's almost considered somehow old-fashioned. But this yeah. idea, you're right. I mean, you know, they, yeah, there was a time where whatever he served in World War II, his father served in World War One. His father before him was out of the Spanish-American War. Before that was the Civil War. All the way back to the to the you know American Revolution or something. But there was that idea of passing down that that standard and legacy of courage. But again, it mm-hmm. is real, thoughtful courage. It is not cockiness or rushing in like what do you call those people, a whirling dervish, uh, yeah. and 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 actually causing more problem. The, the army does not like uh, those uh, crazy people to come rushing in. Uh, yeah. They all they do is cause destruction. Uh, yeah. That is not courage. Courage is wisdom tied to bravery.
today we have a bunch of men who are encouraged to kind of put their head down, get things done in a business sense, in a productivity sense. But I think they're missing something in the, their own examination. Uh, what I find with men is they kind of take the scorecard of how much money am I making? You know, uh, how many women am I sleeping with? You know, all these things. So they never examine their own life and figure out who and what am I? Have you found that? It is true. And, you know, we have what we might call a double breakdown in the family. Not only do we have the tragedy of fatherlessness, right? There's no father there. But we haven't just lost the father, David. It wasn't that long ago that there would be a grandfather living mm. very close by, if not in the same house. And a lot of young boys, their first understanding of manliness actually came from their grandfather. Their father might be working too hard or traveling yeah. a lot. And the, who was the grandfather? He's the one that taught you to shoot a rifle. He's the one who taught you how to make bird sounds and, yeah. and you know, camping and all that sort of stuff. And, and it was passed down. There might be an uncle, but we've really lost the wisdom of the grandfather who not only has the wisdom of age and experience, but often has the time because he's retired to invest in the grandson. And look, everybody needs the blessing, the boys and the girls. But I tell you, if the boy does not get the blessing from his father or grandfather or maybe an uncle, he doesn't move on. Yeah. The girls need that, but they're more flexible and they'll make it. without the boy getting that paternal blessing. He, he, I don't know. He, he doesn't really start. Sometimes he doesn't act. This sounds weird, David, but he doesn't know he's a man until yeah. someone says to him, an, an, another man, a woman can't do this. Another man has to say to him, you are a man now and you are responsible. And again, the girls just get by. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the men and the boys need that. And part of that is conveyed through stories, starting with the stories of your own family, like Pat yeah. with, his, with his grandfather. But it's it's also the 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 family of other men mm -hmm. who have shown themselves worthy and strong, whether it's an Aragon uh, in Lord of the Rings or whether it's Achilles or Odysseus, uh, it is a role model that embodies what it means to be a man. Yeah, it's it's funny. This weekend, I was uh, at a funeral for my my father in law, and the grandkids each shared. And it's funny how many of them, when you mentioned the grandfather, it really hit me because they mentioned the time he spent with them, just doing silly stuff, shooting BB guns, walking through the woods. But then they remembered the stories he told. He told stories of a friend of his, who it was. They were kind of funny stories, and. All of the kids mentioned those stories. They remembered those stories as much as anything else that he did with them was just sitting at night and telling them a story like before they went to bed and stuff like that. So I think that is an example of the, the power of story. It is. It's the story that it tells us how to behave. It mm -hmm. tells us uh, where we get our sense of value. I guess what it means to be a hero or in this yeah. case, what it means to be a man. And again, stories have always been. And you know what? Look at the Christians still understand. We understand that we need to teach children Bible stories. Yeah. Well, we need to understand that we need to teach a wider array of stories. I published a book recently called The Myth Made Fact, uh, reading Greek and Roman mythology through Christian eyes. And the idea is, what can we learn from these ancient? One of the reasons that Jordan Peterson is so 
successful and is listened to by so many men, women too, but especially by young men, yeah. is that he tells stories and he sets the bar high. Yeah. And men need that challenge. Will you live up to this hero? And, you know, it's also a problem. It used to be that their heroes were uh, astronauts or like honorable baseball players. But yeah. more and more when their heroes are, you know, rap stars or something like that or silly celebrities, it, it really uh, it really hurts. We need to, yeah. again, we need to set the bar higher. But again, the thing about a story is that it doesn't just give us a hero in the abstract. It gives us a hero within a setting, within a setting of competing loyalties and competing responsibilities. And how do we be? Like I tell my students, I do believe in WWJD. What would Jesus do? But I also want you to ask, what would Achilles do? What would Odysseus do? Right. What would King Arthur do? Uh, We also learn that way. One of the things I think, especially for men, the power of story is it kind of gets past that, okay, let me get things done. I have to take care of my business, provide for my family and all that. I think there's a there's a realm that that story kind of helps get past that that facade and mask that a lot of times men will put on. You know, how are you doing? I'm fine. But the story kind of gets into their soul a little bit. And I think that's where as they've been attacked, we've seen men become more shallow. Because they don't have the ability to think deeply today. So they, they have no roots. Yeah. Right. They, 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 something like heroism or courage is just an abstraction. It, it's not tied to anything. It's not part of a narrative, part of a story. Uh, what was that guy's name? I really liked him. John. Oh, my gosh. They were wild at heart. John Eldridge. Yeah. I don't know if he's yeah. still around much. But uh, he, he he did a really good short book that he turned into a video series called Epic. And he speaks of, sometimes it's called the meta-narrative, the sort of overarching narrative, or the sacred story of creation and fall and redemption, talking about, you know, men needing a, a dragon to fight and a damsel mm-hmm. to save. And again, this seems sort of naive or worse, somehow sexist, uh, but this is, this, is, this is truly who we are and how we are made. And, and, and again, the stories bring that, that's why uh, men really, really flock to the movie Braveheart uh, and yeah. also the movie Gladiator. When those came out, there was another one called The Patriot that was very similar. Yeah. Uh, these are real heroes, not, not what they're calling the beta males together. Uh, yeah. That twit of a little guy that's in Dune. I can't even remember his name. He's got some strange French name. Uh, this is the 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 new hero. We we need some John Waynes again. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And we need, at least we got that cool guy that's a Christian from Guardians of the Galaxy. What's his yeah. name? Uh, yeah. Chris uh, yeah, Star Lord, uh, the the guy. Yeah, Star Lord. Yeah. At least, at least he's, he's a man, and he, he tries yeah. to make movies where he is a man. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's it's sort of hard to find. And actually, The Rock is very good too, because uh, he yeah. can be a he man, but he can also be like a father, but still in a protective way. Uh, just like mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger used to do he man movies, and then he made family movies, and I think both of them were good because yeah. they prevented presented someone that could be sensitive but was strong and especially responsible. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, sometimes, sometimes we want, we want power, but we don't want responsibility with it. That doesn't work that way. Uh, Well, and that's the thing. 
Yeah, I think story communicates that 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 yeah. your decisions matter. You know, we we look at that heroes or anti-heroes of the past in stories who they made the right decision, good things happen. They made the wrong decisions, bad things happen. Yeah. You know, and I think that stays with you more than someone just telling you don't do that. You think well, look. Did, 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 when you were a kid, did somebody teach you the story of the boy who cried wolf? Do you remember yeah. that one? Uh-huh. I mean, I, I remember my son. He he understood how important it was to be honest. Yeah, and he, and he was frightened by it because he was very young when I told him that. That's important. We, yeah. we need to get inside that story, and because again, we are story making creatures. Yeah, we are part of the story. But we also create stories, and it's natural for us to do it. And even when we don't have the art of writing, then we pass them down orally. We tell the stories. We tell them visually, uh, whatnot. And it's just wonderful. Are you watching The Chosen? Yeah, yeah. Loving yeah. The Chosen. Now, I, miss, I didn't watch last night yet, but I watched episode four. And they do this amazing thing where, okay, we kind of forget that Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. It, giving them power to cast out demons and to heal the sick and whatnot. And yeah. what they did is totally, I've never seen anybody do this. They gave us at the beginning of episode four, a quick overview of the disciples and it's in black and white. And it's basically a silent movie as they are going from wow. place to place and healing people. And it just, it makes it seem sort of eternal, something lost in time, but also yeah. right now. You get a chance. It, it's, it, like I said, that one aired last week. I haven't watched last night's yet. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the latest one yet. But it's great. I mean, we're we're seeing a different. You know, heroism doesn't always mean killing people. I mean, the yeah. heroism of the martyrs is the heroism of turning the other cheek. But yeah. it's always from a position of strength and mm-hmm. a position of firm and secure self knowledge of who we are as a man and who we are in Christ. And yeah, so again, it doesn't always mean killing. It might be being killed, but it means having. Here, here's a word that. That we've lost. See, it, it all fell apart, David, when they, that book was published called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to you know, attack him. You know, there's some good ideas. There, yeah. But that was the breaking point. Before that book, self-help books, especially for men, were about honesty, integrity, courage, the difficult virtues. It's about who you are as a man. After that book, it's all about self-help. It's all about mm-hmm. therapy. It's all about getting by and, and making connections and whatnot. Yeah, it is not about yeah. who you are. The, the Again, I love that word integrity, uh, David. Yeah. It's it's like your father or grandfather teaching you the manly handshake. Nobody mm-hmm. does that anymore, right? Yeah. Firm handshake. Look the man directly in the eyes. Yeah. You are you're firm, okay? Uh, and it's it, it, we've lost that. And, and so they're not instructed in what it means to have integrity. Think of the word integrity. It's like the word integer, a whole number. Mm-hmm. The man mm-hmm. of integrity. Or here, we, we have lost this. Telling our sons, our grandsons, be a man of your word. Yeah, yeah. Now, what does that mean, David? That doesn't just mean don't tell a lie. It means be a man of, that is who you are. The essence of you is truth and wholeness and integrity. And yeah. we've really lost it. That's much different than don't get caught. Okay. Yeah, Be exactly. Word. <laughs> yeah. If you don't get caught, you know, like I've heard people say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And I'm like, that's like the worst thing to tell. Oh. 
Now, one thing that's been interesting to me is over the last few years, um, been hanging out with them, different people who are very much into anime. And, yeah. and I almost consider anime modern day mythology. Um, yeah. Just because so many of the stories, I find some of these great themes, sacrifice, yeah. standing up for someone else. And it's amazing how many young men I come across who were really into anime. And a lot of times their favorites have a hero who is struggling to overcome great odds or who mm-hmm. people who sacrifice their life to save others. And, and I thought, you know, that these are just stories done in this way, but a lot of young men are attracted to that in that. Cause I think they're missing that element in their yeah. own life. It's kind of sad. They've got to go to cartoons to get that. Yeah. You know, I know. They can't get it reading actual books or watching real. And like I said, every so often we, we do get, although Braveheart's already maybe 20 years old. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if there's been any uh, recent movie that really has a hero. Well, like I said, actually Avatar does in an odd way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has a, a manly hero who again takes uh, agency takes responsibility for his yeah. actions and responsibility for other people. It's not just a lone wolf, but is working within a society again of competing uh, duties and responsibilities that he has to navigate and mm-hmm. has to know who he is, or he can't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah. stories are good at filling out what it means. Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? You know. What, yeah. what is the yeah. good man? What does it mean to be a citizen? You know, bigger questions like this. Uh, and, and we've, you know, we've, we, we've lost that. We, 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 we yeah. need role models. You yeah. Know, and I think in the world was, yeah. What Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model. That was a really yeah. bad moment uh, yeah. in the history of, of humanity. Uh, yes, you are responsible to be a role model. <laughs> well, and I think so many young men today are looking for, what is my place? And I think the fact that they don't have story in their life, they don't have these classic stories. A lot of times they don't know where to find themselves when they don't have a dad, when they don't have another man who speaks into their life. So, so let's, let's talk about a few examples when, when I know uh, I, I listened to your great courses uh, course you did on the life and writings of CS Lewis. So when you, when you think of, of CS Lewis's writings, especially his fantasy uh, literature. What are some of the examples of you think some of the best manly lessons that come through some of the different stories he wrote? Okay, everybody knows the Chronicles of Narnia the best, but yeah. Lewis wrote a trilogy of science fiction novels that's called the Space Trilogy. Sometimes it's called the Ransom Trilogy, the Cosmic Trilogy, and the first one is called Out of the Silent Planet. And the hero is a guy named Ransom. And in the beginning, Ransom is a sort of materialist, naturalist. No understanding of the supernatural, just facts and figures. And he is transported to Mars, Malacandra, as they call it. And while he's there, he had to use a phrase of Lewis, he has to gain a chest. He becomes mm. a man and he ends up being stranded uh, with, with a uh, a group of, of rational creatures known as the, the cross. And they sort of look like giant beavers. And they're, they're Homeric warriors. And Ransom learns their language and he joins them and he goes on a hunt with them, almost like a Beowulf story. And he starts to understand what it means to be brave, what it means, excuse me, what it means to be tested. Um, mm. And 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 he 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 changes. And then he's then in the second book, uh, which is what's called Paralandra, takes place on Venus, and it is a replaying of the, the temptation of Eve, oh, except wow. this time. 
Eve doesn't give in. Sorry for the spoiler. Uh, and this time, the Eve character has Ransom to help her. And Ransom ends up taking on this Satan thing. He's basically a man who's been possessed fully. And what's really funny is he keeps defeating his arguments. But he realizes that this guy is like a broken record. He'll never stop. And there's no way. And so he realizes in this flash that he has to actually fight him physically and defeat him. And there's this sort of epic battle, this struggle between the two, where he must physically defeat evil. This is sort of an amazing thing. Uh, in the Narnia stories, uh, Peter, there's a wonderful moment. Uh, Peter is the high king. He will become the high king, the eldest of the of the uh, Pevensey children. And there's a great scene where the, the wolf, the, the evil wolf, like the SS uh, following the white witch, the evil wolf attacks uh, Susan and Lucy, the two girls who are up in a tree, and and uh, Peter shows up, and Aslan says, step back, let the young prince win his spurs, which is wonderful, mm -hmm. every man yeah. loves that, and he has to fight the, the beast and kill it, and after he kills it, there's a wonderful moment that every boy that's ever read the Narnia books loves, right, uh, where after he kills him, Aslan says, Peter, your sword is dirty, Clean your sword, always clean your sword. And he cleans mm -hmm. it on the grass and puts it back in. Uh, yeah. Lots of different meanings for that. But, you know, you, 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 you end this, right? You didn't start it, but you are ending it. And you are sheathing your sword and not carrying it around bloody. And the, I don't know, there's just something about that phrase that I think resonates with boys, especially. A lot of girls like it, but boys especially yeah. resonate uh, with that. We see his courage and we see his strength. Uh, we watch young Prince Caspian have to grow into a man mm -hmm. and gain courage uh, and stand up against his evil usurping uncle, Uncle Moraz. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and again, we, we see boys of all types. You know, Eustace Clarence Scrub in Boys of the Dawn Treader is, is a terrible little nerdy kid. Uh, <laughs> but even he, now he doesn't become a he-man, but he becomes a courageous person who knows himself. Mm -hmm. And is willing to sacrifice himself if he must. This, this, this is what I mean. Not, not every man is going to be super bulky, but every man is called to have moral courage. Yeah. To stand in the gap, to take the blame if he must take the blame, right? To do it. And when we go, okay, one of the things that Lewis talks a lot about in his essays. Lewis always hated school stories. And I had to kind of read to figure out what he meant by that. What he meant by school stories are these stories about the, the kid in school who is picked on, right, or looked down on, and then something happens and he gets back at the bullies and all that sort of stuff. And the trouble with those stories is more often than not, they play on our vanity. They play on feelings of revenge. They're really not healthy. Now, a lot of Christians, unfortunately, don't read fantasy, right? It's going to be an opening yeah. to the demonic. He said, no, no. The thing about true fantasy, like the Trondonian Chronicles or, you know, or Lord of the Rings, true fantasy, that does not breed vanity and all that. It breeds a sense of humility and awe and wonder, but yeah. it also breeds courage. I can face the dragon, but I face the dragon with a sense of respect for the strength of that. David, I've read a few people that said that that Disney, 
and movies like that are responsible for a growing number of people who are being mauled by wild animals. And the reasoning behind that is, and I like the movies, but because they've over-cutified lions and tigers and bears, yeah. oh my, we've <laughs> lost our respect and yeah. awe for the wild animal. And people mm. have been actually killed or mauled by that. So fantasy explains to us that the odds are immense and it may cause our death, like in The Lord of the Rings. We are yeah. going to step into the jaws. We are going to make ourselves the bait. You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David the Maxwell. Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.